This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. Okay, let's see if you can pick out this famous movie from these movie lines. A heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others. If I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard, because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Well, bust my buttons! Why didn't you say that in the first place? That's a horse of a different color! Come on in! There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And finally, Toto, we are not in Kansas anymore. Well, if those famous movie lines, especially the one of the horse of different color, different color, didn't help you figure out what movie it is, let me tell you what it is. It's The Wizard of Oz, August 25th, 1939. I can't imagine there's any person on the planet that hasn't seen that movie. And if you happen to be one of those people that have been living under a rock or just fallen off a turnip truck, watch that movie. It's one that you should see. Welcome to Podcast 53. Today we're going to talk about how to solve problems with a team because as a leader, we're constantly solving problems. Maybe we're solving them in a meeting where we've gathered our team together and we've got an issue that we have to we have to come to some sort of a conclusion on. Maybe we're just sitting around the office trying to solve a, solve a problem or out on the floor uh, trying to solve a problem. Or maybe you're put in a position of responsibility where you're going to run a team meeting because you've been given a particular task or issue that as the leader, you need to gather a team together and solve that problem. Why the Wizard of Oz? Well, because I think there are four components that are necessary for you to be successful in solving a problem with a team. And why not the Wizard of Oz? It'll be something that hopefully you'll remember. And so it's these four components, of course, are going to represent four different actors in the film or parts in the film. So let's get started. First up, if you're going to solve a problem, if you're going to if you're going to fix something with a team, you have to have a Dorothy. And well, who is Dorothy? Well, Dorothy is the person that owns the problem. You have to have ownership when you're trying to solve a problem. And you may not have any going into your meeting. You may not have anybody that owns it going into the meeting. That's okay. But it's devastating coming out of the meeting if you don't have someone that owns the problem. I know you've seen this in thousands of emails. Somebody just blasts an email, copies 5, 10, 50 people, and nobody knows whose problem it is. Nobody knows who's supposed to take responsibility and do something with it. So you have to have a Dorothy in every problem-solving team environment. Now, 
If your first thought is, well, I'm in charge, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to own it, maybe that's the case, but that's not always the case. One of the great attributes of a leader is someone that recognizes that they need to delegate. And as a leader, you can't own every problem. And let me separate ownership from responsibility. You are responsible for all the problems that exist, that exist on your team below you. You're responsible. But that doesn't mean that you need to own every single issue. Because if you don't own every single issue, then nobody else is working. You're the only one that, that's, that you're relying upon. And you immediately get too many things going on and you'll never be successful. So we have to have some sort of an owner of the issue. So it's really, really important that either early in the process or at worst case, at the end of your decision making or your team meeting or your team discussion, that someone owns the problem. So you have to have a Dorothy and you can designate this person as being the Dorothy, the person that's going to own this problem going forward. By the way, it's not a bad idea to set up ownership before you even start because that immediately gets you some buy-in from whoever the person is that you've given ownership of this problem to. They're the one that's gonna take this task and move it forward. And so, so the earlier that you create the ownership, the, the better off you are. But let me just repeat again, it's devastating to leave a meeting and not have a clear definition of who the owner is. And oh, by the way, you're the leader in the meeting, so if, if, if that meeting stops, and there is not a defined owner, guess what? You're the owner of it. So make sure that you have a Dorothy and you and you define somebody. Next up is you've got to have a scarecrow. And you could have more than one scarecrow. If you remember the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz, he was the one that was looking for a looking for a brain. You have to designate and know who the smartest person in the room is. Now, whether you verbally communicate that or not, that's that's totally up to you. But you have to have smart people there. You can't be a leader that doesn't surround him or herself with smart people because you just won't get anything done without smart people. And smart people changes depending on the subject. It might be the workforce management person, QM, training, HR. It could be a, a frontline agent. It's just knowing who the people are in the room that are the smartest people in the room. And I want to make a distinction between the smartest person in the room and the one that has the most power. And the one that has the most power is usually the leader. And and, and power is very valuable. But I don't want to ever uh, make sure that we, we don't see the distinction between you've got the power, but there's somebody else in the room that's smarter. And, and that's okay. If you're the leader, you don't need to be the smartest. Matter of fact, if you're a leader that surrounds yourself with people that are smarter than you, you'll be much better off because you'll be more successful because it will help you to solve problems. I'm not letting you off the hook. You do need to be competent. If you don't understand competence, then go listen to my four-part leadership series on the four attributes of leadership because there is one, there is a podcast specifically on competence. And ultimately, again, if you've been given the authority in this particular circumstance, it's ultimately going to be your decision But surrounding yourself with smart people, scarecrows, makes it much easier for you to solve a problem. You know, just a note on on problem solving as a leader. I I used to go into, you know, a lot of meetings and and, and I wanted to build consensus with my team. And so I had an issue that I'd been thinking about or or was on the table for me and I I wanted to get some insight. And so I would just lay out the problem and and then watch, uh, watch my team try to solve it. 
and and immediately they 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 wouldn't quite get to it. They wouldn't cover the things that I already knew, and and I realized how grossly unfair that was. And it was because I had spent hours on this problem, or maybe even days, and had thought about it in great detail. And then I just dropped the bomb on them and expected them to come up to speed. And what I learned very very early was is that what I needed to do was I needed to present the problem and say, hey, listen, this is everything I've thought about on, on this issue. Listen, we can keep exactly what my solution is. We can add on to it. We can we can take some stuff out. But but here's where I am, which immediately gives them a step in the right direction. It helps them to move forward because they've already got all the information that I have. Holding back information when you're trying to solve a problem doesn't help anyone. And it certainly doesn't help you who's the leader and is trying to actually solve the problem. So so if if, if you do have a problem and you do already have some recommended input or a solution or you've thought about it for a little while, then lay that information out because as soon as your smart people get a hold of that information, they can take it and they can make it better. And you're not losing any clout because they're not doing exactly what you want. If, if, if you've got an issue and, and you've already made the decision on what it is you're going to do, don't fake it and bring a bunch of people into the room and then force them to do what you wanted to do anyway. You're just wasting everybody's time. Uh, just go do it. If, if you really are seeking advice and you are seeking uh, some sort of consultation, then you better be ready to, to have your idea get completely thrown out or improved. And it won't improve if you don't have scarecrows in the room, if you don't have some smart people in the room. And whether you designate them and say, okay, you're the smart person on this one, or everybody just already knows, or you know who the people are, but it won't take you very long when you begin to put your team together and as your team grows, you'll know who the roses, daisies, and weeds are when it comes to the particular issue that you're trying to solve. And you'll find out over and over again that there are certain people that are just smarter and they're the ones whose input input that you want. But as the leader, because you've got all the information, you've got all the capacity and you usually know more because you have a better view of what's going on and are, are collecting more information, ultimately it's going to be your decision. So we've got a Dorothy, we've got a Scarecrow. Next up, we need to have a Tin Man. And if you remember the movie and the Tin Man, he was the person that had to have had to have a heart. And I learned this through uh, going through something called Myers-Briggs. I don't know whether you know anything about it or not, but it, Myers-Briggs is a, is a way to identify team members. And they there's a number of different uh, types of theories around this. Uh, Myers-Briggs kind of broke you down into four different second uh, sections. You were either an introverted or extroverted thinker. Uh, think of that as you were either someone who 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 built up uh, their battery charge. They, they charged their battery either around a bunch of people or they charge their battery alone by themselves. My wife is an, is an extroverted thinker. I mean, when she gets around a bunch of people at a party, she just gains energy. And when the party's over, over with, she's, she's just full of energy. Me, on the other hand, I'm more of an introverted thinker. I need to do it by myself. So when I go to a party, it sucks the life right out of me. So when I leave the party, I'm tired. But when I can sit down, read a book, uh, watch TV, uh, do something that separates me from people, that's how I, char I recharge my battery. So introverted, extroverted. There's intuitive and sensing, which is someone that um, either needs a lot of detail or someone's more of a vision caster. Hey, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to Aruba, and we're just going to Aruba, and that's an intuitive thinker. A sensing thinker says, okay, well, how are we going to get there? Are we going to take a cab to the airport? Are we going to take a lift? Or you know, what kind of a seat are we going to? Where are we going to seat? Where are we going to? Where's the hotel going to be? That type of detail. The one that I'm, I'm pointing on with the Tin Man here is that they had a, a thinking feeling, 
which was somebody who just thought that, you know, could just logically think and then someone who could feel, someone who could feel what was going on. And then just to finish the Myers-Briggs, there was also a judging and perceiving person, someone that could just make a decision immediately and someone else that wanted to think about it for a while. Anyway, the, on the thinking feeling, you have to have someone who's focused, who has a heart for the people. Someone that's always looking at every problem that you're solving and making sure that the people are covered. To make sure that, that anything that we're doing is not going to negatively impact the people. And sometimes, if you're kind of more of a, of a thinking person, you're just structurally trying to work your way through, hey, we're here, we need to get there. And you have a tendency to miss the people equation. This is not something that usually moves from person to person. You'll usually figure out pretty quickly on your team or on the people that you've got in the room that this person always seems to stand up for the people. This person's always immediately thinking about the people. They, they probably have a pretty good empathy skill because they have the ability to, 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 to feel or put themselves in the shoes of other people. So make sure whenever you're solving a problem, especially when it has something to do with people, which if you're working in a contact center, I can't imagine that anything doesn't have you working with people. Make sure that you've got this tin man in the room or make sure you've got this person that has a heart, that, that's, the, that's the feeling person in your organization. So as you're making decisions, you can always check with or, or just validate whether that's publicly or privately in your head that, hey, I think we've covered the people. What are we missing here in the people? And sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, Sally or, or Joe, um, how do you think that the, the team's going to respond to this? How do you think the front line is going to respond to this? Uh, is there something we, else we should be doing? Have we missed anything uh, through the eyes of the people that are on the, on the floor or at home? So which, whatever the combination is, you got to have a tin man. And then finally, the lion, which of course is courage. And this is not a, you don't have to have a person that has courage. This is more for you and this is also for the team because because you have to have courage when you're solving problems. And the, the definition of courage is, is, is not being without fear, but acting even, acting even though you have fear. Uh, best analogy I can give you this is that, uh, you know, you take a look at 2020, and I think I probably heard a thousand times in 2020, hey, hey, Michael, be safe. Hey, Michael, hope you're safe. Be safe. And just heard that over and over and over again in 2020, of course, for the COVID uh, challenge that we all had. And then in 2021, I decided I was going to quit telling people to be safe and I was going to start telling people to be brave. So instead of saying, hey, be, be, be safe, be brave. And, you know, the, the end of the song doesn't say land of the free, home of the safe. The end of the song is land of the free, home of the brave. And I'm not telling you not to be safe. Don't send me emails or, or that, that talk about the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be safe. You should be safe. But you know what? You need to be brave. And you especially need to be brave when you're, when, you're, when you're making decisions and you're solving problems. You have to have the courage to speak the truth, to pursue every option that you can put on the table that's great for your company and great for your team. You have to be willing to take a risk you have to be willing to make a change. You have to be willing to go against the grain, uh, whether that's a, whether that's to have the courage to to take on a new job or a new task or new learning or to employ a new style. You've got to have courage. 
And, and by the way, that's an attribute, whether you're a leader, whether you're a frontline employer, whether you're in contact centers or not in contact centers, having courage to make, to make the right decisions. I'm not talking about courage to do something stupid or courage to do something that's going to just, just create you know, something that's just a, just a dumb thing to do. I'm talking about having the courage to step up and, and solve problems. And, and, and leaders that excel, leaders that move forward, leaders that get noticed are people that have courage. You got to have a lion in the room, which first off should be you, but you also need to create lions with the people that are on your team that they have the courage to tell you the truth, the courage to participate, the courage to say something that may not necessarily be what everybody else wants to hear. And as soon as you figure out who those courageous people are, who those courageous roses are, you're going to want more of them around. Because as a leader, one of the things that you really need is to hear the truth. You need to hear the things that will help you be successful. Well, hopefully I've taken you down the yellow brick road and shown you some things that you can do when you're solving problems. Because in every meeting that you have, when you're solving a real problem, you have to have a Dorothy, you have to have a Scarecrow, you have to have a Tin Man, and you have to have a Lion, which means you have to have courage. So there you go. There wraps up Podcast 53. I connected it somehow or another to the Wizard of Oz. And hope you enjoyed it. Hope you can apply it. Hope you can go into your next meeting and look for the Scarecrows and the Tin Mans and assign a Dorothy and most important, have the courage to make the right decision. It's been great to speak to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. If there's any questions I can answer for you, don't forget to reach out to me at mtamer at proponisi, P-R-O-P-O-N-I-S-I dot com. I'd be happy to answer that question for you and maybe answer it uh, on the the podcast. Uh, Look forward to talking to you next week. You can be a great leader. I know you can. You just simply have to make the choice. Have some courage. Be brave. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.